The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, international speaker and best-selling author Lisa Bevere challenges you to face your fears and start living your destiny. The enemy somehow knows, he can see patterns, and he's like, I'm going to try to take her out before she ever realizes who she is. And I think there's people out there right now that they have been going through hardship and they have, they're looking at their past to try to figure out what's going on. And it's not about their past, it's about their future. I'm so glad you decided to sit down and turn on the TV, and I pray that this 30 minutes will really impact your life. One of the things that we're thrilled to be able to share with you um, at the moment is a brand new teaching series called Living Your Destiny. And I mean, I can't wait to hear it myself because we've got um, Beth Moore, one of the best Bible teachers that God ever deposited on the planet. We have Christine Kane, who is just like on fire for Jesus and sets fires all around the world and as people get set free. Then Sarah Jakes Roberts, um, Bishop T.D. Jakes' daughter, has such a powerful story. I get to share um, what it's like to live your destiny. And the fifth woman on this teaching series is my guest today. I'm crazy about this woman. Will you please help me welcome Lisa Bevere. I love you, Sheila. I love you. <laughs> you know, I was... Saying to my, my husband before I came to the studio, I've spent so many years in, in ministry, whether I was working with Youth for Christ or working with the Dr. Billy Graham organization, with the 700 Club, all or 20 years of women of faith. I have never in all my years met a woman who is a greater champion and encourager of other women than you. Oh, thank now, I'm you. Serious, I'm, thank you from, from my heart and all the other women that you've encouraged. Thank That's you. really... Is that something that has always been in you, Lisa? No, I didn't even like women. I hated them. I, when, when my husband proposed to me, I was like, you do not understand what you're getting because I am a woman's brain in a man's... I mean, uh, no, wrong thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> we need to edit that. <laughs> no, I'm keeping no. that. I'm keeping that. <laughs> no, I said, I am a man's brain in a woman's body. I, and he was like, I'm not... I'm not comfortable with that. And I was like, no, you, you don't understand. I'm not like a woman. I, I'm, I'm nice. I'm, I'm, you know, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, I I'm know, not I know. like a woman. I, I'm nice. I know. See, that's how wrong it was. But you know what I'm going to tell you, Sheila, is I had such a wound from my mother who, who tried so, I mean, she did so much better than her mother had done for her, but I just felt like such a, I can't connect with women. I don't know how to do this. I don't know their secret language. I, I'm so much more comfortable with guys. And so I remember God talking to me and said, I've called you to minister to women. I was like, no, no, anybody but women. I'll go anywhere. Please don't let me go to women. They're so mean. And he was like, you are a woman. And I said, I don't like them. And he said, I do. And I was like, okay. I Jesus actually, likes them. I need to change my mind. I totally, yeah. I actually totally relate to that. Yeah. And, but, so I want to know the journey that brought you from, from that place to the place where you're impacting more women around the world than most women I know. 
But let's go back a little bit. You shared a photograph. Yes, I did. On Instagram the other day. And as I'm flicking through my head, I'm thinking, I'm thinking oh, oh, there's my friend. There. And there, there's, oh, and there's Lisa Bevere's eye. Yes, I did do that. Uh, okay, so, so. Yes, it wasn't just a selfie up up close on no. steroids. It was my artificial eye. I had gone to an oculist, and you're supposed to get your eye replaced every five years, and I had stretched that out to 15 where it was becoming a problem. And so I, um, I was sitting there, and this man is painstakingly painting, you know, looking at my eyes and trying to capture the color of my iris and painstakingly painting. And I thought, you know what, while I'm sitting here, I get so many questions about, can you take it out? Uh, can you see through it? Is it glass? And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write a little bit of this answer. And then when I started unpacking the answer, Sheila, I remembered. I remembered in that moment the name calling and the things that had happened since I was a little girl. So when did this happen to you, Lisa? When did you lose five. your eye? So five. I lost my eye at five to retinoblastoma. They had to remove it. They, one day I was running around the house with a flashlight. The next day I was in Raleigh Children's Hospital and my eye was removed. They normally catch it at anywhere from eight weeks to a year and a half. And so the fact that I had, they had caught it so late was an emergency. And so I just remember being at the hospital and I kept saying, Am I going to get a shot? Am I going to get a shot? And so I was in shock when they were like, you're, yeah, you're, we're actually going to take out your eye. And I said, I'm actually leaving. I mean, I tried to run away and uh, I was just, my world just became centered around that. People no longer saw me the same. Five years of age and, and kids can be cruel. Oh, I know. So, you know, Cyclops, one eye, oh. you know, those kind of things. And, and, uh, I, you know, was, you know, in my high school, you know, they wanted to prepare us for our future. So you had to take either speech or debate because arguing and talking are important things. And I thought I cannot get up in front of people and argue. I'm so self-conscious. I'll, I'll, I'll try the speech class. And I had over-prepared. I had my little three by five cards and I was standing up there and I, I looked down and I try to get my breath and I look up and one of the boys in the back row mouse Cyclops. And I remember I just began to shake. I burst into tears. I, I went running down to the guidance counselor and I said, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm handicapped. I, I can't do this. I'm not going to get a good grade in this class. I can't do it. You know what he said? You're right. You can't do this. You're right. And here's what happened, Sheila. His compassion for my situation in that moment he said, you know what, we, you don't need to take speech. We're going to waive that requirement for you. And I said, now there's another class I'm having a really hard time with. And he said, what's I said, typing. I said, typing is impossible for me because back in the day, you had your hands on the keys, you turn your head to the side. I'm like, I can't even see my hands now. So I couldn't get above 25 words per minute. And he said, we'll waive typing and we'll waive speech. And I walked out and I thought, I'm free. I will never have to get up in front of people and speak. I will never have to type another paper. And I think, I think God was laughing. He was like, oh, baby girl, it's okay. We won't make just you get up wait. in front of those 20 people. Yeah, we'll just be 20,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, and we're just going to push you wow. to the edge of diarrhea because <laughs> we're going to put you on television. We're just going to keep it There's so that you are... the title of your next book, yes. Edge, the edge of diarrhea. Yes. We'll put my eye on the front. So... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, so many women, Sheila, um, 
they, it was interesting, the response, the engagement level on that particular picture was so high because so many women said, I didn't know. Or they said, my child lost her eye or his eye at eight months. And I, 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 I'm so thankful that I can see into the future that this isn't going to limit their lives. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I had a husband who would not let me live small. I had a husband. I met that husband. Yeah, you, you know I what love I'm talking about. husband. Yes, and you know what I'm talking about. Yes. It was like a tornado. I mean, I'm happy he travels because I can only handle him in small bits. It's <laughs> the energy level. I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, thank God. Thank God you don't drink coffee. I have to drink coffee to be with you. But um, when, you met your, when you met John, though, John Bevere, much loved here in this ministry, um, as are you. You're basically James's additional yes, daughter. I am. Um, James and Betty adore you. But when you first met John, did your feelings about yourself impact your feelings about the potential for a relationship with him? You know, um, yes. I mean, I actually felt like he was getting cheated. And that sounds terrible. But no, but this is what you would do. I remember saying to him, uh, number one, uh, I had come from a very different background. And John had kept himself pure. And John had been godly for the last three years, and I had been excelling in heathenism with, uh, at, at the University of Arizona. Now, John led me to the Lord on our first date, and so he was always going to be someone I admired, but the idea of marrying him, I, that was beyond my ability to even think that I could be, and it sounds terrible, but worthy of that, mm -hmm. you know, that God would give me that kind of gift. And so when he shared, you know, Jesus with me, I got born again. When he asked me to marry him, I was like, I don't know if I can have kids uh, because they were saying that I was 100% carrier on this. And, and thank God that none of my kids did get it because it is true. If retinoblastoma is genetic, then the chances of your kids getting it is 50%. And so none of all four of my boys, perfect. And, um, but yeah, I, I did feel like I wasn't feminine and I did not want to come alongside him. I was great with being behind him but I did not want to come alongside of him. And he would say to me, Lisa, there are young girls that need you in this youth group. They need to have you get up. And I'd say, I'm not some package because you're the youth pastor doesn't make me a youth pastor and you're not making me get up there. And he said, well, you just need to be ready. I'm going to call on you. I'm like, you just need to be ready. I'm going to walk out the back door. And he'd be like, Lisa. And so he'd say, you are not your own. Wow. You were bought with a price and you don't have the right to be comfortable when so many people need what you can give them as comfort. And I said, don't you talk to me like I'm a congregation. I am your wife. I'm your one-eyed handicapped wife. You need to feel sorry for me. And he would have none of it. He just kept saying no. And so he would trick me and, you know, hand me the microphone in front of kids that I was terrified. I was terrified of the teenagers, which are kind of scary. Well, yeah, yeah I they get are that. kind of scary. Yeah. But what happened in between that and the no, 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 and the dynamic woman that I see on stage who gets up there with a sword and writes girls well, the sword with swords? makes me feel violent. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what happened you know what? in you? So God, you know, when you're married to a man like that, that whether you wanted to hear it or not, you hear it. And... I finally came to the place where I said, you know what, God, this isn't about me. This is about you. And this isn't about me being comfortable or pretty or whatever. I'm going to be a more living testimony of your faithfulness than I ever would if I was perfect. And, you know, the truth is, as longer we live, we know there is no perfect person. But God actually really, and this sounds like he's mean, but it's not. He really loves to make us face what we fear 
because he knows that it's gonna actually position us to be fearless. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally began to get on that stage and speak and see women say, when I saw you get up or when I heard that, then it, it was just, it, I made the connection that it wasn't about me, but it was what God could do through me. And you know, Sheila, I'm so aware, and I know that you're aware of this because I know what you've been through in your life, that the attacks on our life, my losing an eye at five, you losing your father, the attacks on our life, you know, they're not about our past, they're about our destiny. The right. enemy somehow knows, he can see patterns and he's like, I'm going to try to take her out before she ever realizes who she is. And I think there's people out there right now that they have been going through hardship and they have, they're looking at their past to try to figure out what's going on and it's not about their past, it's about their future. You told a story when you and I were together once and it was from one of those Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yes, Terminator. Terminator, yes. and you start, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to track yes, this. I don't yeah. think it's in Hebrews, but... Yes. But actually, the point you make is very, very powerful. And yeah. it's about that, about yeah. the enemy maybe recognizing who you are yeah, before you do. It's the movie that never goes away. It's Terminator. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming. So, you know, you can see it at any point. It will probably come out again five years from now. But, but you know, basically the whole idea of destiny and that, you know, the truth is, as Christians... We've been marked with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And so with the moment we become a Christian, we're a target. Mm -hmm. But we also need to understand that long before we were targeted, we were chosen. And, you know, I, I love that tonight is all woven around destiny for women, living their destiny. And the truth is none of us are going to be able to live our destiny if we pray small, safe prayers or live small, safe prayers lives. And I know each of these women mm -hmm. have come through something and struggle can be strengthening. And so you and I always love to talk about praying scary prayers. And, you know, God just dropped it to me that most Christians don't pray scary prayers. What's a scary prayer? A scary prayer is Psalm 10. A scary prayer is when you begin to pray the word of God and it is so overwhelming to you that it takes your breath away or maybe you begin to pray like maybe you've just been praying oh you know maybe there's a mom at home and they're like I just hope my kids get saved before they die you know and instead that's 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 a scared prayer that's not a scary prayer a scary prayer would be like you know what my son or my daughter is a disciple taught of the Lord and great is their peace and undeserved composure uh, a, a scary prayer right now for uh, for Americans right now would be that this nation her destiny is greater than her history and that we will have a great and glorious rising and that God will hear from heaven and he will heal our land because we're measuring everything by sphere. We're letting the culture drive our prayers when my Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. And so when I begin to pray God's word, he will watch over it. He doesn't watch over my worries. He watches over his word. Wow. And so Say we that again. Say that again. He, he doesn't watch over our worries. He doesn't watch over my whining. He watches over his word. And so we need to be fluent people who speak the word of God into destinies. And, you know, when you read some of David's prayers, it's like break the right arm, break the left arm, search and destroy every sign of wickedness. God's rule wins, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, can I pray that? Okay, I'm going to pray the scary prayer. I'm going to pray, break their arms. You know, I'm not going to break their arms, but, but God knows how to search Right. And he needs to find out. And, you know, one of the, the prayers I've been praying recently that's been scary is, you know, we all have been praying for, you know, the noontime prayer for what's going right. on in our world. Right. And um, 
And midday I was, baby, midday. Midday baby. And I was praying, you know, for the people that are captive and pray for the people that have been under the bondage of theology, of rape, and all the different cruelties that we're seeing in our world right now. And I, I had the Lord challenge me because I was praying Psalm 10. I had the Lord challenge me and he said, I want you to start to pray that there would be a revival among Islam. I want you to begin to pray the way I've told you to pray, that you bless those who curse you. You do good to those. He said, I want you to pray. Because he said, if you're not praying for them, who's going to pray for them, Lisa? And so I have been praying that Jesus, the man in white, is going to appear to them. That not only the captives, but the captors, because we know they're just as much bonded. You know, that there will be a revival, that there'll be opening, that the gospel will go into places where none of us will ever go, and they will search and destroy every sign of wickedness. Oh, that is powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You know, my son Christian went to Passion this past year, and we got to watch some of it online, and John Piper gave such a powerful message. Mm. He said, it's not your job to stay alive. It's your job to stay in love with Christ. I love that. And when you're in love with Christ, it changes everything. Do you talk about this on our new series? I do. I do. We we unpack the... uh, entire version of the Terminator and the whole destiny and facing your fears. And so I'm, wow. I'm the naughty version of that. That's that's my portion, the one-fifth. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I have heard the story. And trust me, um, I mean, it's worth getting this just to hear what Lisa has to say. It's, I mean, it's one of those stories you start to listen to and you're like, where on earth are you going? And then wham, it, I mean, I, I remember the first time I heard you share this, I yeah. literally had to get out the building and sit down and say, Lord, what was, what was that? Because it was so impact, and it makes you want to rise up. Yeah. There's something about when you hear the truth, yeah. you want to rise up. Yeah. Well, and people do need to live their destiny because it isn't really about them. Yeah. It's about all of us, and it's about their legacy. And, 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 and it is what we were saying. You know, the attacks are not about our history. They're about our destiny. And, and people need to get a little bit of an attitude. If they're going through something, you say, what is so frightening about me that the enemy has launched a full-scale onslaught? And I love that life today believes in women, mm-hmm. and they're encouraging women to live their destiny because God has always created us to do that alongside the men. I think it's interesting that the enemy early on tried to take you out so that you wouldn't stand on a platform, so that you wouldn't write. And now you stand on platforms literally around the world and you and John write prolifically. I also think it's interesting, one of our other teachers on this series is Christine Kane. And you remember last year she had the attack on, you know, throat cancer. It's like so obvious, like her voice. And I remember talking to Nick um, after Christine was starting to recover and he said, you know, the enemy really blew it. You know, if he was going to mess with Christine, he should just have killed her. Now he's just made her angry. (laughs) Yeah. You don't make Greeks no. and Sicilians angry. You don't no. do that. Yeah. No. So, yeah, this is going to be a really powerful series. And we want to, we're going to send this to you for, for any gift that you send us. Because right now, I want to show you something where when we rise up and we become strong in who we are in Christ, we realize that there is a world out there and it's on our watch and that we can make a difference. Watch this with me, will you? This little girl, 
because she's so thin. But she's so dehydrated that her eyes roll up in the top of her head. No, this breaks the mama's heart to see her little girl get like this. Malnutrition is so cruel to these little children. This mama needs our help. I've been sitting here praying for her. I've been saying Jesus' name. It's a powerful name over her. But he wants us to reach out to them. And I know that I'm just in one clinic, one little clinic, and there's so many thousands like this that need our help. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. We need to save these children's lives. That should never happen. In this day and age, with everything that we have, with all the resources we have, no mother should ever have to sit with her baby sitting on her lap whose eyes are rolled back simply because they're so dehydrated. That was our darling Jeannie Rogers in there. Um, Jeannie and I are going back to Angola soon. But the thing is, if we do something now, the children that we help are not going to get to that stage. See, we're going to minister to those children that are already there, that are in the hospital, that are desperate, and we're going to take them food, and we're going to make sure they get proper hydration so that they're able to recover. But the other thing that we want to do is, this year we want to feed 400,000 children, and I want to get to them before they get to that stage. Because as a mom, how helpless would you feel? I mean, everything within you, every single instinct within you is to provide for your child, to make sure that they're strong. And that, how does that little one even sleep at night? And how does that mom sleep at night? I love the fact that Jeannie was there praying over them because that's what we do when we go there. We don't just provide food and water, but we have a chance to worship with these people too and to pray over them. But I imagine a mom like that sitting there praying, God, if you see me in this barren land, will you please send help? And so here we are. It's us. We're God's guys and girls. We get to rise to the occasion and do something. And it takes so little. Do you know that if you simply give a gift today of $30, you will feed three little ones like that for three months for $30. If you give $100, you'll help feed 10 children for three months. Some of you have been blessed with more resources, which I always think is such a gift because you're able, the more that God gives you, the more you can give back. And so for $1,400, you can help sponsor a whole school, feed every child in that school for three months. And you know, sometimes it's the way we get these little children to come to school because they're weak and they're not motivated but they hear, well, there's gonna be a meal if I go to school. So they go to school, they get a meal, they get to learn, it changes their destiny. We have been talking today about living your yeah. destiny, never about us. It's all about those children. So if God has really blessed you, then for 5,600, we can actually feed that whole school, all the children for a whole year. You know, this life will be over like that. I want to make sure these kids come with us, that we all get to stand and worship around the throne. So please call that number. Call now. Go online, lifetoday.org. Give the best 
gift that you possibly can. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation, and those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. Why don't you help give these children a future? Why don't every one of you, and some of you on fixed income, and you know what? You'll likely be the first one to respond. I want it to be where every single person watching me coming to you from Southern Africa, a place in Mozambique that was absolutely hopeless during the war, but we were here all through the war feeding, beginning 20 years ago. Now they're in school. They need a future. I'm asking that every person in every country around the world, you're watching today to give children like this a future not just save them from death, because we're going to do that in crisis areas, but we're going to give them the nutrition to learn. They want to learn. They're here at school. We're going to give them the support so they've got a bright future. Would you right now go to the phone or go online and respond and make the best gift you can possibly make? Please do it. Don't turn away. Do what you can to help. Thank you so much. And for any gift you send, we're going to send you this incredible teaching series, Living Your Destiny. But for $100 um, or more, we'll also send you Chris Kane's brand new brilliant book, Unashamed, and my book, The Longing in Me. Please go to your phone. Please do something today. Together, we can change this. So would you please help me thank the one, the only, the amazing, the brilliant, the beautiful, <laughs> the Italian. <laughs> here for you. We'll see you next time.
in his new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Call or email today to reserve your tickets. You'll be inspired and entertained. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.